Pop sports. Pop sports. Pop sports. Pop sports. We love pop sports. Now here's your host, Danielle Nida. Hello, sports people. Welcome back to another episode of Pop Sports. Thank you guys again for joining me today. This weekend was, I mean, quite honestly, it was a little boring. Um, I have been attempting to practice social distancing, but I'm also looking for a new apartment. And so it's been a confusing weekend for me. Um, but there's a lot going on in the sports world. So let's jump right in. That was my breaking news song. Corona update. You guys, I really don't want to talk about this too much because there is so much content about the coronavirus everywhere online, in the media. It's almost impossible to avoid. You just can't escape it. And not having sports is really hard. Having to face all of the stress and anxiety without the outlet like sports is, um, it's just tough. And especially during this time of year when all of our favorite sports sports begin to coincide. The NCAA, uh, all those sports are ramping up and getting ready for final championships. The NBA and NHL playoffs are put on hold for now. MLB opening day is going to potentially be rescheduled. But everything is canceled or on hold. And it's just really challenging. So I have a few topics for you today, um, and most of them aren't really going to be about the coronavirus. This first one uh, does kind of have a little bit to do with it. So basically, what would have happened if the NCAA championships had actually gone on as scheduled? Well, all winter, I told basically anybody who would listen (laughs) about my personal college basketball theory, and it goes like this. Regular season games are not of high importance. It's important to play hard and win from time to time. But overall, a few losses is not going to really make or break your season. When a team starts playing conference games, that's when you really have to start kicking things into high gear. This is, in my opinion, or at least for this theory, when it's most important to start climbing the ladder as far as the rank goes. So when I say rank, I'm talking about the AP college ranking, mostly because the time to pick March Madness seeds is coming up right after the conference games. So who cares if you lose a game in October? If you've won 12 to 15 in a row in January and February, then you're going to be in pretty good shape. You're going to be climbing that ladder a little bit. You're going to have a really good recent game record. And then when the tournament starts, that's when you really play with all you got. That one is for the big bucks. If your team isn't a top four seed, it's okay. Because the lowest seed team to ever make it to the final four is an 11 seed. And that happened in 1986 with the LSU Tigers. So you can still really do quite well for your team, even at a seed 11. And in my opinion, the final four is nothing to scoff about. You can also make it to the championship and an eight seed. That happened in 1985. And I think that was uh, Villanova playing Georgetown. 
So you can still do very well in the tournament without being a one through three seed. Now, yes, your chances are less likely, but if you focus on learning and gaining skills and refining skills throughout the beginning of the season and not as much on actual wins, you can ramp up the wins towards the end of the season and still do very well in the final season. Now, one of the reasons why I say all of this is because my favorite team, my alma mater, Michigan State University, we had a rough start to the beginning of the year. And this theory really helped me through that. (laughs) It really helped me fall asleep at night because I was worried about our team. First of all, our star player, Cassius Winston, was going through personal heartbreak because his brother committed suicide. And it affected him, but it also affected his family and it also affected the team. You know, those are really emotional things that are far reaching. And I think going through emotional trauma like that, some of the other parts of your life can suffer and rightly so. I, I mean, he, he needed to you know, work through those feelings on his own time. And and I respect that. But I really formed this opinion over this season because Michigan State started as a one seed before the season started, which I hate because I feel like that's just, I mean, it's foreboding that you're not going to win the tournament if you start the season as a one seed. You know, it's a bit of a curse. So I was not happy about that. But also the beginning of the season was started off quite well. And then after, you know, a tragic incident took place, things got a little bit tougher for the team. And that's when I kind of started to form this opinion because I wasn't, you know, it was hard to watch them lose, but I also wasn't worried because I knew that there was still time. And even if they fell out of the ranking, which they did at one point, they were still able to work themselves back up to be great. And they ended up winning the conference. And yes, they tied with Wisconsin, but they did win. And I felt like they had a really good opportunity to be quite successful in the tournament, despite the fact that their overall um, win versus loss record wasn't necessarily like a championship, what a quote unquote championship team would potentially have had. So that's my feelings. And I know what all my basketball fans out there are saying. You disagree with me. That's okay. Because haters are going to hate. And I support Michigan State no matter what. I thought that they had a potential opportunity to win. And I would have made them the winners on my bracket. Because like I've said before, I always do. But I didn't get that opportunity this year. So anyway, Sportsline Podcast, they predicted how they thought the tournament would play out. And they picked Daytona to win, the Daytona Flyers. Am I the only person who's never heard of this team? They must be pretty good because they had them as a one seed in their imaginary bracket. (laughs) And they picked them to win against Gonzaga, I think, in the end, which Gonzaga is a very good team, especially this year. But even historically, they've had a very strong program. I don't know. I just thought that was a little bit like I was not... I was not expecting that. But anyway, yeah, this afternoon, the experts are discussing their results and like what they think about this imaginary (laughs) tournament. It's like, has the coronavirus made us all crazy? Like not talking to people. This is what we resorted to is analyzing and discussing an imaginary scenario. Yeah, this stuff is the no sports thing has gotten old fast. So that's tough. 
Okay. And not to make this about me, but I do have <laughs> tickets to opening day and that has obviously been postponed. And I'm sad because I love opening day mostly because I get to take a random day off of work that's in the middle of the week and drink beer and eat cheese in a parking lot. And I don't know what in life gets better than that. Technically, the regular season of MLB hasn't started and it won't start for another few weeks. So... Like, I still haven't really felt the effects of that, but um, I am sad because I had tickets to two preseason games and then opening day, and I had tickets to a Bucks game this weekend that also got canceled or at least suspended. I don't know what's going to happen with the NBA either, you guys. I really hope the playoffs happen because, damn, the Bucks have also an excellent shot to be really successful in the playoffs. Ugh, so frustrating. But one good thing that might come of this is that opening day could be a little warmer than typical. Wouldn't it be nice to have like a nice late April opening day when the sun is maybe a little hotter in the sky? I don't know. I'm uh, trying to look on the positive side here. (laughs) So in the NFL world, you know, football's not really happening right now. I think um, like some of that training is going to be starting in the next couple of weeks here. And there's some... unsureness about that. But there was a little bit of news today because the NFL players have all agreed on a collective bargaining agreement. So this is an agreement that reflects the collective bargaining negotiations between both the NFL players and the NFL team owners. So they determine things in this dis- in these negotiations, such as the distribution of league revenues. They set health and safety standards. They establish benefits like medical benefits and also pensions. So there's definitely some really important discussions that happen uh, during this time period. They approved a 2020 agreement that I think last for like seven years or 10 years. Um, so pretty long time. They made a couple of changes. So one was that there's going to be a 17th regular season game. There was previously 16 regular season games. So one additional. But that means that the preseason will be shortened to only three games where there was previously four. So we'll go to one more serious game. And so, I mean, I don't know like exactly what the implications of this is, but in the preseason, usually the best players aren't playing because of fear of injury. Um, and so now we'll have those like top notch players in for a little bit longer in the season. At least for me, that's kind of the, the importance of it. There are also now 14 teams that are going to be in the playoffs, and it used to be 12 teams. So with an additional two playoff teams, now there will only be two teams getting first round buys. So in the past, we've had four different teams, the number one team and the number two team from each conference that get to have a buy for the first round of the playoffs. And now only two teams will get that. And I think that's um, a pretty good rule. I mean, you know, a little bit more competitiveness there. There were also changes made to the number of eligible team or eligible players on a game day. Violations of substance abuse policy can no longer result in player suspensions, which I'm thinking that has a lot to do with marijuana being legal in a lot more states than it previously was. I'm not exactly sure. It could have something to do with steroids. I really don't know. I didn't look into too many details of that. And then there's also some changes to revenue and pension rules. So just some pretty basic stuff. And I actually didn't really know that this was a thing. Um, They don't do it that often, like every seven to 10 years. So 
it doesn't come up often. And I mean, I think it's really great that they all get to have a say. There did seem to be a little bit of drama about how all of this went down. And, um, you know, I hope everybody ends up happy because I just want everybody to be happy, especially in this time of such fearings and anxiety. Okay. So in the past couple of weeks, the U.S. women's soccer team has been in court fighting for equal pay. During this court hearing, the U.S. Soccer Federation claimed that, and I quote, the job of a men's national team player carries more responsibility within the Federation than the job of a woman's national team player, unquote. So I don't know what kind of bullshit that is, but I think we all know that it's just not true. And I think that people would actually argue with me and say that it is true. But let me just say that this is kind of like saying, if you have brown hair, you have more of a responsibility to society than if you have blonde hair. For context, men can earn up to $17,000 for a win, whereas women only earn $8,500. So that's less than half. And that is also despite the fact that women bring in more money for the soccer federation due to the fact that they can actually win a game. Yes, you guys, the men's team does have some ground to make up here. I'm not trying to call them out. It's just the facts. Okay. The men couldn't even make it into the FIFA tournament the last time around, whereas the women have been winning it pretty consistently. And I think, you know, not again, not trying to call them out. It's just the facts. The fe- the president of the Federation, Carlo Cordero, ended up stepping down, uh, I think, yesterday or like within the last couple of days over this mess. He cited the cause being that the language in the court case. So basically, the quote that I just told you guys was very harsh and he didn't have time to read it beforehand and he would not have approved it if he had known that they were going to say that. And so um, he ended up stepping down. But you guys, I I really think that he either got pushed out or he was just getting ahead of further backlash. Like, I don't think this situation was going to last long. That, yeah. So anyway, overall, I think that there's a lot of different ways this is going to go. There's also a lot of opportunity for positive change, but there's opportunity for negative change as well. And I'm just really proud of these like really strong athletic women for standing their ground and staying a team in tough times, fighting for what they deserve. I know that it's really hard, at least in my opinion, in my experience, it's hard to approach a coach or a boss with things that we think we've earned or deserved. And doing it on a public stage has to be even more so frightening and anxiety inducing. So, you know what? Keep it up, ladies. Keep fighting for what you burned. You guys deserve it. Okay. And then one last little fun note, you guys. I know that we are spending a lot of time indoors, or maybe you're lucky enough that you live in a place where it's a little nicer and warmer outside, but I have come up with 10 games or fitness style activities to keep you occupied. 